Hey guys, I want to welcome you to the weekly Wednesday for the Financial Freedom Newsletter, where every week, every Wednesday, we delve into something inspirational, motivational, something excerpt taken from the Financial Freedom Weekly Newsletter. Wherever you are, if you're listening on Spotify, on iTunes, Google, be sure to click the like, subscribe, share, comment. Without ado, let's get into the show. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, welcome to this week's podcast episode for, just give me one sec, sorry. <laughs> hey guys, welcome to this week's podcast episode for the Financial Freedom Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Christopher Liu, and I'm really excited about today's guest today. His name is John McLaughlin. He's an entrepreneur, he's a teacher, he's an author, and today's going to be talking about all what personality traits are important for success as an entrepreneur, his, his book as well, and what who is the best person to learn entrepreneurship from, and book writing. So, uh, John, welcome. Christopher, thank, thank you for having me this morning. It's truly an honor. I'm a fan of the show. I've learned a lot from you and your guests, so to be one is it's a big day for me, so thank you. Yeah, I know we had connected through Podmatch, and you actually have a very interesting story because you, um, you know, you bootstrapped your startup to become an industry leader. So tell us more and we'll dive right into the show. Okay. Uh, terrific. I'm by nature, a pretty conservative person. I would not have chosen to be an entrepreneur. Uh, I would have gone out of college to work for a big company where I thought I would be safe. And that's what I would have spent my career. But as fate would have it, my father did that spent 25 years building a company for somebody else and was one day just shown the door for no good reason, new management, new ownership. He vowed from that day forward, he would never work for anyone but himself again. Started his own business with nothing. Uh, and it was just coincided with me graduating college back in 87. And he said, why don't you come work for me? And I said, boy, this seems like a very risky move. You know, you're working out of the dining room. We got no money. What are we talking? I'm, I'm going to get in here and I'm going to you know, spend two or three years and we could fail. And then we're, then I'm, I'm wasted time and seemed like a bad idea, but I knew I could learn from him. So I said, okay, here's what I'll do. I'll work for you for two years and then I'm done. I'm not going to stay in this risky, risky position. That was 87. And here it is, what, 2023. And I'm still doing exactly that. I've only worked for myself from that point forward. Yeah. Uh, so that was pure luck. But what I learned was what he found out the hard way to put your fate in someone else's hands is the true risk in your life. Uh, if you can do it your way, you can pivot when you need to, and you can build a company the way you want to build it, it can lead to financial freedom. It certainly can. Working for somebody else, very difficult to get to financial freedom. You know, there's always a ceiling as to they're only going to pay you the value you're bringing in or a little bit less. When you work for yourself, it's unlimited. Uh, so if you do it right and, you know, it takes time and it's a huge challenge, but it's the best way I know to get there. Uh, to, to where you are, to be in a financially free place. And it's a, it's a great life, right? Once you get to that point. 
Yeah. So that's how I got there. Yeah. Wonderful. In uh, you know, the more, you know, I'm mostly talking to entrepreneurs these days, um, you know, and it's quite interesting because there's this uh all of them had this goal to fire their W-2 or leave their their to fire their job or leave their W-2 and develop income independent of a W-2, you know, which is very contrary to mainstream, you know, kind of school teaches us to, you know. W two, that's the thing, you know. But um, it's uh, so. What are personality traits that are important for success as an entrepreneur? So here's what I think. I learned this from uh, my father and through experience, uh, leading to I did get to teach entrepreneurship. Um, what happened to me along the way was I really fell behind in the ways of business. I didn't know how. You know, this is 20 years ago, 10 years ago. I didn't know what Excel was. I had been working by myself, doing things the same way for 10 or 15 years. And when you're running a small business, uh, you, there's nobody there to keep you fresh on the ways of business. So I realized I was falling behind. I went back to school and I got an MBA. It took me five years of night school, but I got it. And somebody told me, you know, with this degree, you can teach. And I've never really thought about it, but I, so I think I'd like to do that. So anyway, to, long story short, I developed a course on entrepreneurship that I taught in all places of minimum security prison. And what I told the guys there, the holy trilogy of entrepreneurship is number one, sales. You've got to be a good salesperson. You've got to be able to communicate your message. No matter how good your product or service is, if I can't convince you of that, it doesn't really matter, right? And you've got to be a good salesperson. Then you've got to work really, really hard. Uh, it's going to be the hardest thing you probably ever did. You're going to start from zero like we did, and it's going to take years. And you're probably going to have to make some shifts along the way. Uh, you're probably going to have to change directions two or three times until you figure it all out. And number three, the, the third part of my triangle is money management. You've got to be disciplined financially. And if you get some money and you've got to save it because you've got to pay taxes, you've got to pay people, you can't just spend it as it comes in. You've got to have the discipline to hold some back. Uh, those three areas to me are the holy trilogy of a startup uh, business. I think you've got to be good in all three to make it work. Or if you're not, you need to find somebody who is that can do that part for you. You know, I think with, if you're weak in any of those three areas, you're, you're going to run into problems. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Uh, innovation, marketing, sales. I think that's Peter Drucker said that. And, uh, you know, it's right. It's like, you know, it's hard to start from zero, but, um, you know, uh, a lot of people, you know, they start out with a job and then they kind of save their income and then kind of launch their their business. Um, so, you know, question is, uh, so you're, uh, you know, you have a, um, you you authored a book, Lifeline to a Soul, which we'll talk about a bit later, but then you also uh, were teaching inmates and what made you decide to teach uh, inmates and, you know, uh, was it giving back? Um, I'm just curious in what you learned from teaching. It was the last place I wanted to teach, to be completely honest with you. <laughs> I, I didn't set out to do it. I, I wanted to teach. I couldn't get a job. I was in my 50s. I had no teaching experience whatsoever. The community colleges wouldn't even answer my... I couldn't get an interview to save my life. And then one day I saw this ad for teaching entrepreneurship in a prison. And all they wanted was some business experience. And I said, well, I got that. So I hounded them. It took me two or three times applying. And they finally interviewed me at the prison. And... I walked around that prison and I was like, these guys look scary. I don't think I want to do this. The classroom's dingy and smells bad. And how in the world am I going to teach these? They don't look like they want to learn anything. But I knew that this was it. This, this or nothing. So I walked in with a lot of reservations, but I did it because this was my only chance I was going to get. And 
when I got in there and started meeting the guys, I started remembering that I was actually a lot like those guys in my younger day. I did a lot of dumb things. I just didn't get caught. So I instantly could connect with them. They have the entrepreneurial mindset, a lot of them. They just put it in the wrong place. They started doing illegal things to make money. Although they're entrepreneurs at heart, some of them, they just had a bad role model. Uh, so I felt like I could take some of these guys and teach them the, the ropes. And it became a great, it's the best job I ever had. But I never set out to do it. You know, I'm not like this great, you know, I want to save the world guy. It was just the only job I could get, frankly. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, you know, I, I watch mo inspiring movies and uh, read, you know, inspiring stories and hear about, uh, you know, inmates. And then they basically they have 24-7 and there's a library. And then they set about, you know, to work on themselves and improve themselves and use the experience, which is really uh, fascinating, you know, if you can get out of, you know, that that situation and prosper. So quite interesting. The other uh, one thing is uh, talking about it when you would talk about writing books and then writing memoirs, but talk about, um, you know, wh why someone should write a book over, you know, start a YouTube channel or podcast and, you know, and kind of what is the pro writing process like? That's a great question. Thank you. It's, it's, it's not anything I set out to do. I honestly, I, I always uh, told people, hey, uh, let me tell you what happened at the prison. This is great. I got a great story. Let me tell you about this guy I met, what he did. It's fascinating, funny stuff. And then one day I went to my dad's wife and I said, well, I'm not working there anymore. I don't have any more prison stories. I'm sorry, I'm out. And she said, well, you need to write a book about it. And as soon as she said it, I was like, I think I will. Because it was COVID. I had all this free time anyway. I did all my house projects I could think of. All right, I'll sit down and see how this goes. Um, what I learned through writing the book was a lot about myself. If, if the book had never seen the light of day, it was still worth doing because I would send off my early work to you, you hire a beta reader and they'll go through it and they're going to make changes. And they all said, no, wait a minute. You can't just write about teaching at the prison. We want to know, how did you get here? Tell us about your early years. And all. I said, no, nah, nobody wants to, to read that. And they said, no, this is part of the story. You have to do it. So I had to do some real soul searching about things like how did you meet your wife? Why did you decide to marry her? I didn't really put that together, but I had to do it for the book. Or, you know, how about this guy early years? A lot of things that I had forgotten. So it's a, it's a great exercise, even if you don't ever publish it or anything. You'll learn a lot about yourself that maybe you forgot. Uh, people that motivated you, people that helped you. There's a lot of forgiveness that goes in there, including self-forgiveness. When you put it all on paper, it just feels very real to me. Uh, and like I say, even if nobody reads it, the process is, is fascinating because the the learning experience and you're learning about your life events. How did I get here? You know, you don't really ever sit down and write it out and put it all together. Um, so that exercise alone is is well worth doing. And uh, what is um, you know for uh, you know a book is can be very valuable. You know, not just not sales, but like you know for launching a brand and kind of kind of a lot of the audience are influencers and they want to start out. So how can they use a book to promote their brand, talk about it, you know, add additional credibility and so on? It's the perfect question because my wife and I years ago wrote a children's book and we had a lot of fun with it. It was a little project we did. And I realized through that process, it is very, very difficult to sell books. I mean, they come out hundreds of books a day on Amazon to get your book noticed, especially if you don't have a publisher very very difficult but what you can do is take this book and make it the focus of a program and you can sell the program through the book that's that's what you want to do so 
I met a guy who was a former inmate and he wanted to start an education program. He had just gotten out and uh, I knew him through a mutual friend. He worked for my company for a little while and he said, I'm going to help people who are just getting out of prison. I said, you got to be kidding. I got three years worth of experience and I've got a class I wrote. We can use my material and your enthusiasm and we'll make this happen. So we teach classes now to people that were recently released or overcoming obstacles. And it's in the areas of financial management and entrepreneurship. So the book leads into the class. And that's really the best way. I think if, if you've got a book, don't worry so much about sales, but it can establish you as an expert. And once you've done that, you can be on podcasts like this, you can go to book signings, and it helps your brand huge and also helps your business. Yeah, you know, it's almost like you're the expert in the field. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's almost like a, like a lead magnet. It's kind of like, it's like an entry, like, and, um, you know, uh, you know, clients come in after reading your book or, you know, subscribe to your social media, you know, your courses, your programs, you know, sometimes you get asked to speak at conferences. Um, so it's, uh, Absolutely. yeah, it's like, cause, cause you've written five books. How many books have you written? Five? Uh, I've, I've written four books. So four books. I knew it was yeah. a four or five. Yeah. Oh, so you know the process, right? It, it's it's a good it's a good calling card, if nothing else. Yeah. yeah, and it's a it's just great for people just kind of like, you know, you want to share your story, but you don't have to say it a hundred times, you know, a hundred people can buy the book and exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So tell us, uh, you know, kind of we're we're kind of winding down, but tell us, tell the aud audience what the what your book is about, the um the lifeline to a soul, where they can find it. Um, and, uh, the key, you know, kind of key takeaways and then, so people can, um, go check it out. Absolutely. Thank you. It's available just about anywhere books are sold. Barnes and Noble, Amazon. Uh, if you want to go to our website, lifeline to a soul.com, if you mention financial freedom for physicians, there's a place at the bottom to leave your email address. I'll be more than happy to send you an autographed book at no cost. If anybody's interested in reading it, um, yeah. that would be my pleasure. But the book is about, uh, me going into a prison wide-eyed having no idea what i'm getting myself into and realizing that this system dehumanizes everybody there it's how it's designed and it's done for a reason because that's how you run an orderly prison you can't start doing favors for this guy and this guy and this you lose control mm -hmm. so everybody there is treated as an object not a person mm -hmm. but we're not helping them at all change their lives if they're if they're made a mistake had a bad night had a you know, bad role model, whatever got them into this situation. And they want to not return to prison because it's a very uh, recidivist system where most people, once they get into that system, are returning 40, 50%. But if you give them a little help, a little encouragement, a little education, you can change their life. You can get them out of that cycle. And if you're helping one person, you're helping their family because having a person in prison is a strain on everybody in that family who's not there, they've got to financially support him now. So I learned a lot. It changed my perspective on prisons, on inmates. I've got some working for me now that are doing great. And you realize that these are just people that are a lot like me and you. They just got went down the wrong road and got caught. And to not give them the tools they need to improve their lives to me makes absolutely no sense. You know, hmm. If we want them to get out and they're all going to be released someday, and become productive taxpaying members of society, why not throw them a rope, throw them a lifeline and see if they'll grab onto it. And maybe we can show them that there's a way to use your talents, your skills legally instead of illegally. Because a lot of them don't think they can. They don't think that's a possibility for them. But uh, the prison system doesn't give them any resources for that. 
Mm. And that's kind of the message of the book is, you know, we all deserve a second chance, mm. maybe not a third or fourth chance, but we all deserve to make that one bad life mistake and crawl out of that, learn from it and move forward. But there's not much in place to do that. So that's why I like teaching now, because we're trying to continue that with, with people that have been recently released. Yeah. Yeah. Very fascinating discussion, you know, entrepreneurship and, you know, your experiences teaching in the, um, the, the American prison system and then how you wrote a book about it. Uh, really fascinating story, really interesting journey. Um, how can people contact you, you know, reach out to you, check out your social media and your work? Thank you for that. Uh, if you go to the website, Lifeline to a Soul, all the contact information is there. I teach with a guy, Tavares James. He, his numbers are all there. If you're interested in getting help or getting some advice, he's certainly good at that or finding out what our next class is. And like I say, if you want to put in the email, Financial Freedom for Physicians with, with Christopher Liu, I'll be happy to send you an autographed book at no charge. So all our information is on the site and a place where you can buy the book and reviews and all that. Excellent. Yeah, that'd be terrific. And yeah, awesome. And what a fantastic conversation with John uh, McLaughlin. Um, and for all the audience out there, please subscribe. And um, all of his resources will be in the links and show notes. And with that, thanks so much for coming onto the podcast. Thank you for having me, Chris. It's truly, truly been a pleasure. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. I hope you really enjoyed that wonderful, inspirational, motivational piece. Again, if you, wherever you are listening, if you liked it, be sure to like, comment, share, subscribe. We're on everywhere, Spotify, iTunes, Google, Amazon, Audible. And without much ado, be sure to thank this show's sponsors, and we'll see you next week.